living room. That's what I love about a good song. It's when you listen to the words that it gets you convicted and riled up. There's something about growing and encouraging that spiritual man. Songs like that does that to you. We get in the car Monday morning, what do we do? We're listening to Achy Breaky Heart and, and whatever else you're listening to. But I tell you, you want strength to get through your day? Grow the spiritual man. There's much more encouragement and excitement in spiritual songs and hymns, amen. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. I'm so anti-tradition. You know why? Because God is anti-tradition. Look at verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Can I tell you this morning that God likes to wait until, until all seems lost, Brother Tony. To, to, to make... Well, what seems impossible, possible. I use the, the illustration all the time, but when the children of Israel were at the Red Sea crossing, it seemed like there was no hope. They started whining and complaining. They went right to the authorities saying, Oh, Moses, you're the worst. You brought us out here. We hate you, Moses. We ought to kill you, Moses. But that's what, where God wanted them to be. But guess what happened? God made a way through the Red Sea. Remember, remember that widow that just had a little bit of whatever, flour, whatever it is, to, to bake a cake, and that was the last, and they were starving, they were going to die. Was it Elijah or Elisha? Elijah. Man, I get them mixed up still, Miss Carrie. <laughs> I mean, you know, but she, she took the last of what she had, baked the cake for the man of God. What a blessing that is. God blessed them. All hope seemed lost. But boy, God did a wonderful work in their lives. Man, that was awesome. Uh, you can't help but think about Daniel and the lions then. Um, all hope would seem lost. I, I tell you what, if you're going to get thrown in a den of lions, your prayer life is going to really increase. Unless your Daniel is already tip-top shape, amen. He just stayed faithful in praying. What happens to somebody who's backslidden or somebody that's not living right? When trouble comes, all they want... Freaking out, anxious, can't pray enough. But when you've already been praying, you just continue praying. There's a peace that passes all understanding. You can't explain it because God gives it to you. Amen. Paul was, I got to quit giving examples. We got to get moving. But Paul was tied. I wanted to say handcuffed. He wasn't handcuffed, Miss Diane. <laughs> that's, that's silly. But he was tied in, uh, in a boat. And it was basically about to be shipped. It was shipwrecked. All hope seemed lost. It, all, it looked like they were all going to die. But it was a great opportunity for Paul to be a witness. Amen. See, the, the, the thing is, is we're not, we're not immune to problems. Oh, we go through problems. In fact, the more you do for Christ, the more problems you're going to have. But you notice in all these scenarios, God didn't take away the problem like we so often pray for, Tim. God just brought you through it miraculously. Well, as Americans, we don't want that. We want the problem to go away. No, God's got so much opportunity for us to go through the valley and live it and come out grown. 
uh, on the outside, amen. How about, how about 400 years of bondage, the children of Israel? Miserable. Miserable. All those 400 years talking about, man, the, they, they say that we're waiting on the Messiah. The, the scripture says we're waiting on the Messiah, the Messiah. We're waiting for the Messiah to come. Uh, amen. Then, then God did in his timing. It took 4,000 years of foreshadowing and 4,000 years for waiting for the Christ to come. But, man, just, just like Scripture said, one day Christ came and shed his blood for the sins of all mankind. All mankind, past, present, future. That's important, by the way. Amen. I, I, it's a theme this morning. I've been pushing hard, but our salvation does come from the shed blood of Christ. And being born again is the greatest thing, single greatest thing that has ever happened to me in my life. I was seven years old when I understood that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. You say, well, that's too young. No, I was old enough to understand that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. Let's continue reading verse 21. 1 Peter 1, 21. Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. If you're saved this morning and you're right with God, you're going to have an unfeigned love for the brethren. What's the first sign that your heart ain't right? You got a problem with the brethren. Some people live that perpetually. And he says, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Amen. Brother Zollers, it's good to see you this morning. Would you pray for the message, brother? Amen. Number one, the blood gives life. There's so much reality in creation that po points to spiritual truths. And the more that you study the Word of God, the, the, the more you understand uh, a little more of the mind of God, the more that you see God in everything. I mean, everything. You can't, yeah, Romans chapter 1, read it. You can't, well, we're without excuse. We can look at creation. Man, there's God there. There's God there. God's everywhere. For instance, we know that without the blood, we have no life. Look at Leviticus 17.11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. No blood equals no life. Period. Without the shed blood of Christ, there is no spiritual life in you. You will not have eternal life. Amen. You will die dead in your sins. 
Another reality in creation that points to spiritual truth is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that keeps us and sustains us. Water is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And there is no, I mean, you can't, when you think about water, it ought to remind you of the Holy Spirit. I mean, every aspect of water is just like the Holy Spirit. You can't live without it. You, you, you need it even when you think that you don't, Brother Tony. Uh, uh, water molds and it cuts. It soothes and it, and it calms. It, it causes everything to grow. Without it, everything would be dead. <laughs> Nothing satisfies like water. There's a lot of religion out there that is nothing more than just religion. It is not Bible-based. I don't care what man's tradition says. That's wicked. Do you know that? Man's tradition is wicked. We add tradition all the time. Denominations do it. Religions do it. It's filled with tradition. But there's only one doctrine out of every doctrine in all the entire world that is grace and grace alone that has nothing to do with works. Every other doctrine adds works except for believing on the grace of God through the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. That's the salvation that I'm putting my trust in. A lot of people say they're Christians. A lot of people say that, oh, I believe in Jesus. They're not putting their trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So it is that through the shed blood of Christ that atonement's been made for all mankind. 4,000 years of, of sacrifices leading up to the point of the sacrifice. Turn to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. Everybody's there. Man, I love that. That's so cool. Hebrews 9, 12 says, Neither by the, by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered into in once the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Can I just point out, there ain't no goat or calf that ever, no other sacrifice can give us remission of sins, only the, the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. Uh, to jump down to Hebrews 10.1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. Did the law save anybody? No. It was a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things. Can, can never, with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually, make the comers thereunto perfect, as in complete. That's what that word perfect means. Complete, whole. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshippers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance. A remembrance again made of sins every year. And this is it right here. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Church, that, that verse right there knocks out several doctrines that people believe in. That verse alone. Verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. And that's something. For 4,000 years, all those sacrifices that were made, all the way from probably Adam and Eve, but for sure Cain and Abel, all those sacrifices that were made, God wanted them to... To, to make those sacrifices for their sakes, to remind them as a remembrance of what was to come. But God did not enjoy 
the killing of all those innocent animals just for that. That was, that was sad. But God did that for our remembrance to, sh to show the sincerity and severity of it. Amen. Look at uh, 1019, Hebrews 1019. Having therefore a brother in boldness to enter in the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Did you catch that? But by a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Man, that's like, we could preach there all day long. Turn to, uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Keep your place in Hebrews. We'll be back there. Turn to Ephesians 2.12. We'll be back in Hebrews in just a moment. Church, if, if you're Christian, if you claim to be saved this morning and you don't even understand what the shed blood of Jesus Christ represents, then you don't know what that salvation is all about. Salvation, eternal life, going to heaven, spending eternity with Christ is much more, much more, Brother Ron, than just believing that there's a God. That does not get you eternal life. That does not get you a second birth. It does not gain you access into heaven. Amen. Ephesians 2.12 says that at the time you were without Christ, that's when we were lost before we accepted Christ as our Savior. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Every, every one of us, if you're saved, there's a point in our life where we didn't know the Lord. We were lost as a, uh, what did the southern preachers say, as a, as a bone in high weeds or something, dog bone in high weeds. God wanted me to sing a song, uh, lost as a bone in high weeds. And like I, I, I found something else to do. Brother Ron, I found myself busy. I, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. One guy gave me words to a song called V-Bottom Boat. And it was just that going to heaven in a V-Bottom Boat. Like it was, sorry, Brother Jim, but that's just, it's just not. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Where was I? Oh, yeah, verse 13. This is the good verse, too. Uh, Ephesians 2.13. But, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by what? The blood of Christ. It's important. Jump to verse 18. For through Him, we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Number one, the blood gives life. Number, number two, the blood gives access. Man, the blood's important, Brother Tony. Through the shed blood of Christ, we now have access to the Father. <laughs> it's not just eternal life. It's not just a, a place at the table with the king like Mephibosheth. Man, that's an awesome story. It's not just a new uh, position seated in heavenly places. We're not just a new creature in Christ, amen. Uh, I, uh, old things passed away, behold, all things are new. It's not just a whole new way of th uh, thinking. We now have access to a peace that passes all understanding. The problem is we want to stay in the flesh and never tap into that. We want to do it our way. What turns that turn into? Anxiousness, stress, doubt, fear. The blood gives us access. You know what it gives us access to? Turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. As a child of God, we have access to the throne room. We don't even know how wonderful. We think we can imagine how great that is, but we have no idea, Brother Bob. We have no, if we, I'm not even kidding. If we had 
an inkling of an understanding of how nothing we were and how great God was, we'd all be flat on our faces worshiping Him this morning. I'm not even kidding. We'd be singing with tears. We'd be bawling our eyes out, understanding how much of a sinner that we are and how great He is. Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passing in the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That, that, that also should get rid of some doctrines too, Brother Tony. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I'm so glad that I have access to be part of the family that gives me access to the throne room. I can come boldly before the throne and pray wherever I am on my knees in my car driving in, in the office before the, the Sunday services. Amen. We can come boldly and what a blessing that is. Just imagine, just, just picture Mephibosheth sitting at the table. Sitting at the table with the royal family, praying together. What privileges he had. If you don't know who Mephibosheth is, do a study on it. It'll put you on shouting ground real quick. Hey, are you depressed this morning? Study your Bible. You'll find out there's some shouting ground to study on. Just look up Mephibosheth. Hey, you want to know how great heaven is? Hey, do a study on heaven. Spend a week or two in heaven. You, you, you'll be encouraged, amen. Do that the other way. You want encouragement? Do a study on hell, Brother Tim. You'll be encouraged that you're not going there if you're saved. Number one, the blood gives life. Number two, the blood gives access. Number three, my final point, the blood gives power. We've been singing about it all morning. The, the blood gives us access to power. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Everybody, man, is already there. Miss Kelly, I'm not going to get used to that, I don't think. It's just a blessing. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came now with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the what? Power of God. Paul was probably not a great speaker. If I had to guess, I'm thinking he was a little rough and gruff. Oh, he was very smart and well-learned. But I think that he was what we would call a harsh preacher today, telling it like it is, right. calling sin out for what it is. Amen. Right. What kind of power is in the blood? Saving power. There's so much power in the blood of Christ, yet we don't tap into it, Miss Robin. Miss Ruth, we just. We pray and we go to church. We read our Bibles sometimes, but we don't tap into the power of God. So 
Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And you realize that we're destroyed for lack of knowledge? You're not a good witness because you don't know your Bible. You're not a good witness because you haven't studied your Bible. You haven't even studied one thing or two things. Forget what the preacher says. Study it for yourselves. It's important. What's 2 Timothy 2.15? Study, show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not. You don't need to be ashamed. You don't need to be ashamed. If we study the word of God, there'll be no shame. We'll, we'll know what we believe and we can tell somebody. The problem is we're such weak as Christians. We're so weak. We can't even get two Bible verses and to tell somebody how to get to heaven. We can't tell somebody that uh, uh, um, um, why we meet on Sundays. We can't tell somebody why we only use a King James Bible. We can't tell somebody why we only go to church, amen. Well, why do we believe in the canon of scripture that we have? Why can't we have some new revelation like Jehovah's Witness? They believe you can have a new revelation whenever, whenever it happens. Just boom. Believe whatever you want to as long as you say it was a new revelation. That's insanity. Then again, if I'm not mistaken, they believe that they'll become gods one day as well. Is that Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses? I think it's Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, amen. Why are we Baptist? Why are you coming to a Baptist church? We're not Catholic for a reason. We're not Pentecostal for a reason. We're a Baptist church. More than that, we're a Bible-believing church. That's, the, that's what matters most. What did Jesus Christ say? Because that's all that we're looking for. Uh, not what the woke crowd says. Now what the latest culture sin is, what's the word of God say? You claim to be saved, that's wonderful. But to the God that saved you, you putting your trust in a God that saved you for one thing, but you don't want to trust him for another? Now you're cherry picking what you want to believe in the word of God. It's either all perfect or it's all false. There's no in between. At the end of the day, we lose our children because we don't teach them. By and large, kids get up to 17, 18, they quit going to church. Uh, the, 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 world, the world has them all day long at school. The world has them after school. The world has them while they're watching TV. Amen. But maybe, and also, maybe it's because we don't know for ourselves why we believe what we believe. We just tell our kids, yeah, just believe in God. Go to church. Uh, yeah, yeah, just believe this. Hey, just, just believe it because the own pastor says it, you know. Hey, go to our website. It'll tell you what we believe. But if we, if we know for ourselves why we believe what we believe, and then we teach it to our children, we're going to have children. Woo! They're going to be growing in the Lord spiritually. It's a big reason why we lose young people, in my opinion, is we don't. Study the Word of God individually, let alone teach it. There's a song that a family used to sing. Do you live what you preach? Do you preach what you live? In the presence of God, you will stand. You know, you know what the excuses I hear for not going to church? Not reading your Bible or not giving things to the Lord? You know what excuses I hear? Let's get so-and-so. I don't go to church because so-and-so is bothering me. 
I don't go to church because I've been bitter at them for years. I don't go to church because, because whatever. I don't go to church because they, they all they think this of me. Can you imagine standing before God? And the books are open, by the way, that it's the Word of God. These are the books that will be open. And we're going to stand before God. He's going to say, why didn't you serve me? We're going to say, because Miss Tammy hurt my feelings. Because Brother Jim hurt my feelings, so I didn't go to church anymore. I know I stayed home and I watched TV sometimes. I watched a show on TV with Joel, Shane, or somebody. I, it's the only one I can think of right now. We're going to stand before God, Ron, for why we didn't go to church. And what reasons are we going to have? We're going to have some lame reasons, Miss Diane. God's going to have the Word of God. He's going to say, well, Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. As the manner of some is, what say you? And we're going to say, because uh, uh, friends had a series on, and I had to watch the whole episode, right? Our we're going to say, we work long hours, and we were tired. We didn't want to go to the house of God. Our excuses are going to look pretty weak in the light of eternity. We lose our neighbors because we don't live godly lives. We have... Poor testimonies out to our co-workers because uh, the, the stories that we're telling, the stories that we're listening to. We backslide ourselves because we don't hide God's word in our hearts. Memorizing scripture seems to be the last thing on anybody's mind. We live our Christian lives, listen church, in constant shame because we don't, can't give two Bible verses to set, tell somebody how to get to heaven. Apologetics, forget about it. Church, it's not a cliche. Miss Rhonda, we have access to power we don't even tap into. God has laid it right out for us. It, it, there it is. More than any other time in, in history has this word been so clearly laid out and we have access to it like we've never had. But because of that, we, yeah. Yeah, we can read it anytime. It's not so important to us. Boy, you, you send these Bibles to certain parts of the world and they will cry to get a copy of it. Weeping and crying. They're not arguing amongst each other what kind of shoes they're wearing or who's going where. They're... They love the Word of God. Amen. Amen. You don't have to turn there, but Ephesians 1.13 says, And whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed uh, with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession and to the praise of His glory. Church, the blood gives life. We'd be spiritually dead without it. The blood gives access Miss Tammy, we got access to the throne room. The throne room of God. We can't even comprehend that, Miss Diane. And three, the blood gives power. Turn to Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Revelation 12, 10. The, the blood gives power. We have power literally through the shed blood of Christ. Revelation 12, 10 says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, that's Satan, which accused them before our God day and night. And look at this. And they overcame him by the what? Blood. 
the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, they love not their lives unto death. Who are we talking about here? Who is the context? Christians, specifically martyrs here. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb. You're not going to overcome sin. You're not going to overcome Satan by gossiping. You're not going to overcome uh, sin or Satan by calling around. Hey, guess what? No, you're not going to believe this. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, hey, pastor. Guess what? Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, mm-hmm, I know. No, but, but it's okay because we say bless their heart at the end. God bless their heart. Then we justify it like we're doing some spiritual thing. We feel good about ourselves, Brother Tony. Amen. Church, we're more than conquerors. I always think of Brother Jim, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can separate us from his mighty hand? It's not just a song. It's not just a song, amen. We have purpose through Christ. Purpose through Christ. Let, let me end, end with this. I was watching sort of a documentary speech talk about the Korean War and his and you're thinking, what does that have to do with anything? Miss Kelly's like, what are you doing? <clears throat> Bear with me for a moment. We'll be there in a couple minutes. We'll close. American POWs in the Korean War, when they were caught, the Koreans would ask them, they'd separate them in two camps and in two different um, prisons. One would be a minimum security prison and one would be the maximum security prison. The, the, the maximum security prison, I mean, like, you almost don't see the light of day. Uh, you, you're starved, you're beaten. Uh, it's, it's awful. They want to break you in the maximum security prison. In the minimum security prison, you, you, you get like some, like, I don't want to say recess time, but you get some daylight time. You get go out in the courtyard for so much of the day, you get not good food, but you get more food than the maximum prison. It treats you a little better. But to dif- differentiate who goes where, they would ask the American soldier two questions. They would say, what are your goals and uh, what are your, let's see, what are you going to do with your life when you get home and how much money will you need? They would ask them all those two specific questions. And according to those questions, that's how they're going to send them to each camp. And, and, and what that's doing is, if, if you were apply as specific, with specific goals, and it'll take about this much money to get my goals done. They're putting you in the maximum security prison because you're a leader. They want to break you. They want none of that. And, and if, if you didn't have any goals, you're just like, oh, I don't know. I just go uh, live my life and live my best life now. Or I want to, you know, and I don't know how much money it be. Minimum security prison, not a threat. Interesting fact, and there's multiple things that take multiple factors that give the outcome but but it is an interesting t- to note that the, the 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 minimum security prison had far more death rate in disease uh, than the maximum security prison maximum security prison there were far more people that broke out and escaped and the the death rate and disease rate was way low just an interesting thought you say well why are you saying all that we have purpose through Christ and Satan's looking at us. Does Brother Tony have a purpose? Does he know what it is? Is he a born again believer? Is he studying the Word of God? I need to send more darts at him. They might look at 
uh, uh, um, somebody else. Who, who, I'll pick up Brother Jim. Amen. Look, look at Brother Jim and say, uh, oh, he has no goals. He's not part of any ministry. He serves God bare minimum. He has no plans to really do anything for God in the future. You know what? No threat. In fact, I'll leave him alone compared to the other Christians. Because a Christian with no goal that's unplugged in the ministry and does the bare minimum makes Satan thrilled. Church, we have purpose in Christ. And it starts with the shed blood of Christ. The question is, what are you going to do with it? Let's forget the sin of our neighbor. Let's get the sin in our own basket taken care of. And then we'll come together and worship Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that you'd use this message. I pray that you work in a mighty way. And I pray, God, that if there's any sin in the camp this morning, Lord, to be taken care of before your throne. Thank you, God, for giving us life and giving us access. Thank you, God, for the power and the blood. I love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we all stand and turn to page 45? 45, but Tony probably already knows it.